Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Alvaverde. What's up Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. On today's show, we'll be joined by Joseph Hastings from GatorsTerritory.com to discuss Florida football recruiting the Gators up to number three in the Rivals.com team rankings after a trio of commitments in the secondary, all from right here in the Sunshine State. I'll get Joseph's take on those pledges, what it means for Florida's 2021 class, and some of the remaining targets left on their board. Here is my conversation with Joseph this week. We're now joined by Joseph Hastings from Gators Territory to uh, discuss sort of football recruiting and the run that the Gators have been on. Where things stand in the 2021 cycle. And Joseph, welcome back into Lockdown Gators. How's it going, my friend? It's going great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, enjoying the summer and trying to follow the news as we all look forward to football season and hope that it happens. And you've really been tracking everything that's gone on with recruiting. And the last time we spoke to you, Joseph, you were just at Gators Territory, and now you're also at Buckeyes Grove. So you cover two of the top three teams in the country. So you're doing pretty well for yourself. It's been really interesting. And, uh, you know, a lot of these kids that I talk to, uh, they, they share interest in both Ohio State and Florida. So I'll be able to talk to them about both schools, both programs, kind of gauge their interest. And, uh, but for the most part, it's been a pretty smooth transition, just being able to talk to all of them. I obviously have a lot more players that I can talk to since Ohio State and Florida have different targets. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a great adjustment to, to everything going on. Yeah, Ohio State right now with the number one recruiting class in the country on Rivals.com. The Gators with the number three class in the country and moved up after the recent commitments. They got a trio of pledges in the secondary and really vaulted up their class and gave the Gators some momentum on the recruiting trail as they went into last week where the coaches took some time off, didn't have any virtual visits. So they were able to go out with a bang. Joseph, let's break down those commitments. And first of all, before we go through each one, how big was that for Florida to get a string of pledges like that and kind of get some buzz going once again in recruiting? Absolutely. Uh, you know, now they're up to 20 pledges in their 2021 class, if you're including the one black and Davey Hammond, both of whom are JUCO products, but this is just a great stretch for Florida. Obviously, they had to make commitments with Adrian Strickland, with Jalen Kitna, with Charles Montgomery, but being able to get back to the secondary, you know, Florida regards himself as DBU, and to get three players, all of whom are in-state uh, players. I know Kamar Wilcox and transferred to IMG Academy from Georgia, but you know, he's counted as a Florida prospect for a trio of in-state prospects to commit to Florida and be added to that secondary. Just a huge momentum swing for Florida. And uh, obviously, like you mentioned, it bumps them up to number three in the in the rivals recruiting ranking. So obviously a great stretch for Florida recently. Now, the guy who got the ball rolling was Dakota Mitchell, the defensive back out of Winter Park to play safety. Nickel and the Gators are looking at him potentially for that star spot, but he was the guy that was committed to LSU, the defending national champs, and he decided to back off, and he put out a top five, and he definitely didn't have a list that would be reflective of someone that has a three-star rating, and 
really quickly after decommitting, he decided on Florida over Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. So he really had some suitors coming for his services. No doubt about it. And you obviously have to look at the, um, you know, the presence of Ethan Pouncey, who was his teammate at Winter Park High School, as one of the factors there. Also, uh, Kiwan Ratliff, who is a staff member with Florida right now. Uh, Dakota Mitchell was a part of his 7-on-7 Rack Pack team. So there's a lot of connections there. I was really stunned that he committed to LSU in the first place. I had a feature cast prediction in January for Mitchell to wind up with the Gators. They, he told me that Florida was on top. So it was a little bit surprising that he would commit to the Tigers. It kind of made a little bit of sense with, you know, LSU winning a championship earlier this year. But I always expected him to be with Florida. And last week he made it official. And what was it about LSU, do you feel like, that caused him to back off of that pledge? And what were the Gators do to able to get him to stay in the state of Florida? I think it was just more familiarity with Florida uh, than anything, you know, relating to LSU. LSU is obviously with the national championship that they just had. They're an attractive program. And, you know, with him being a three-star and probably didn't want to wait out too long in his recruitment, he probably didn't want to have a spot taken from him. So he secured a spot in that LSU class. But overall, there's just too much familiarity with Florida, uh, with Pouncey, with Ratliff, and just the whole coaching staff in general. You know, he, he ended up where he probably wanted to be from the very get-go. Yeah, and the guy that comes in now and, and can play multiple spots in that secondary. And then the very next day, Joseph, after they go head-to-head with LSU and win that battle, which I think any time that you can beat the Tigers for a defensive back, you got to feel good. The very next day, they get a very familiar name for Florida fans, and that's Kamar Wilcox, his third pledge to Florida in this cycle, one of the rare re-recommits that we see in recruiting. But despite him backing off of his pledge in the past, Florida always stayed on him. And in the end, Florida, that is his final choice. I want to kind of take a little bit uh, of a look at Kamar Wilcoxon's recruitment, how he ended up here, just to give a little bit of context. So he committed in November 2018 after a pretty ugly loss to Missouri. Florida was the school that he grew up admiring. It was the first offer in his recruitment. But then in the spring, we saw a wave of 2021 decommitments for Florida. You know, Bryce Langston, Trevante Rucker, Terrence Lewis, Dink Jackson, and Kamar was a part of that group. So I never really took uh, too much into account that first one. You know, then he recommits in July 2019 after the Friday Night Lights event. And he told me as a Tennessee commit that he didn't want to decommit this most recent time, which was uh, back in March. But, you know, some things happened and it turned out that way. Ultimately, however, Florida was the school that was his first offer. It was the school he grew up liking. It was his dream school. And he ended up back in his class. And this one, out of all three, you know, I think he's more mature in his recruiting process. I think he's learned a lot along the way. I, th- I think this one, he sticks it out. You know, there's always going to be some uncertainty given his history, but I think this one's a solid one for Florida here. And if he does stick with the Gators and sign, it will finally end the drought that we've seen with the Gators at IMG Academy. We talk about it every single recruiting cycle school, and it seems like now with Will Coxon, he might be the guy that ends that drought. I think he will, too. And, you know, this is a big thing for Florida's pursuit of Tamise Adelaide as well. Uh, Kamara is close friends with Tamise. You know, they talk with one another. They're teammates now at IMG. I know Tamise is committed to Ohio State right now, but you have to wonder, with Kamar being in his ear, with that close proximity to Florida, UF can make a little bit of a stronger push here. And that would be incredible after not having signed a player from 
IMG Academy all, all these years to be able to sign two and two at the top at their position. That would be great for Florida. I want to take this time to tell you all about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate, and they even have some nut-free flavors. They're soft and easy to chew, and the best thing about them is that they're healthy. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you can do it by indulging on this delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber bars. My personal favorite is the peanut butter brownie that has 20 grams of protein and is only 170 calories. There's a bunch of other great flavors like mint brownie that are perfect for your diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first order. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off of your order at builtbar.com. We're speaking with Joseph Hastings from GatorsTerritory.com. And then before we get into this final pledge, just being able to get guys like Mitchell and Wilcoxon who have the versatility to play multiple spots in the secondary, how key do you feel like that is for Todd Grantham and Torian Gray and Ryan English to be able to add that to their defensive backfields? No doubt about it. Anytime you have a player with versatility who can suit up at multiple positions, if you have an injury, you know, with a starting player at the star position or at cornerback or at safety, and you don't necessarily have a, a true position player for that particular role, just slide over Kamar or slide over Mitchell to one of those spots, and they can be able to handle it. So, And then you look at Todd Grantham's defense in general, you know, you have the money linebacker spot where you can play linebacker or even dip into the secondary, too, uh, on certain plays. And then the buck position where your pass rush and the quarterback can also drop into coverage. That's a role in Todd Grantham's defense, being able to be versatile, that he really likes and, and that Torian Gray would really like. So being able to get Mitchell and Wilcoxon in the fold definitely helps that Florida for the future. Now, Wilcoxon will come in as a guy who can play corner or safety. Mitchell with the ability to play star or safety. And then their final pledge that they got – Jordan Young out of Tampa, and he will come and play cornerback. That made it a trio for the week. Absolutely. And Jordan Young was a guy that I kind of forgot about. Admittedly, there wasn't too much momentum there, especially earlier in the year, uh, as there was back in the summer. But, you know, being able to get him into the fold, continue to add to, uh, to their secondary when it comes to recruiting in this cycle is very important. And especially when you never know if there's going to be decommitments in the future. Just being able to get a guy of his caliber – who's the 12th-ranked cornerback on Rivals. That's very important for Florida, just to be able to keep an in-state guy in the state of Florida not let him venture out out of state, which they've lost some of those recruiting battles. You know, you've seen with Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Larry, other top guys in the state of Florida, they're committing to out of state just to keep another Sunshine State product in Florida. That's very important for Dan Mullen and company. And if you guys saw on Twitter after his pledge, I put out a video of George Young that actually – wasn't a recent video. It was from when he was nine years old in a music video, rapping with his older brother. And I got to say, Jordan had some bars for a nine-year-old. And the reason why I shared that video, Joseph, is that for Jordan, the fact that the Gators are going to have a recording studio in their new standalone complex, that was actually one of the things that attracted him to UF. He's a guy that loves to do music. So the fact that that's still a year away, it's already having an impact for the Gators on the recruiting trail. 
I've mentioned it on our board before on our GatorTerritory.com board that I feel like that new facility that Florida is going to be opening up, um, which is expected to be completed by December 2021, is going to be huge when it comes to recruiting. You already have a lot of prospects talking about how they've seen it virtually. They really liked what they've seen. Imagine once it's built up, they get to go through it, they get to take a tour there. And that's during the kind of a prime spot for official visits, which is the back end of the 2022 cycle. So they'll be able to get some prospects on campus, potentially show them that new facility, the recording studio, all the other amenities that they're going to be having in there. So I, I definitely think it's very, it's going to be very instrumental for Florida's recruiting efforts. I saw Jervon Dexter um, a few weeks ago make a rap. I saw that video you posted of Jordan Young. He has a really good flow. Uh, I'm interested to see if they get with Kadarius Tony as, as well. Um, you know, I know Kadarius will be gone by then, but maybe he comes back and makes a special appearance, uh, young joke uh, on the track. So I think there's a lot to look forward to both on the field and off the field with that. And Joseph, over the past couple of months, you've been monitoring Florida's recruiting with the virtual visits and all the conversations that they've been having with their targets. And now we see with the results as we really get into the summer that Florida has been able to navigate through this pandemic and these virtual visits really well. And they're even getting some momentum on the recruiting trail. What are your thoughts on the job that Dan Mullen and his staff have done the past couple months? So I've talked to a few recruits about other um, virtual visits that they've taken besides Florida and what they kind of thought about it. And I had one player, I won't mention the school that he said he did a virtual visit with, but he essentially said that the virtual visit involved uh, a coach kind of FaceTiming and showing the whole facility around, which, Obviously, it's good, but the way Florida has done it is pretty much given like a 360 virtual view of the school. I, I've talked to one prospect who compared it to a, one of those VR headsets that you can kind of look around and see everything. And then you have all the coaches who come on there and talk with them, the academic members, the nutrition staff, strength and conditioning coach Nick Savage on the call as well. Even other players have joined on there, too. I had Maximus Gibbs, who's a three-star offensive lineman committed to USC, tell me that Tim Tebow made a special appearance on there. So it seems like Florida is really taking advantage of the time. They know it's, it could be a little bit slow because of there being no actual in-person visits, but they have taken full advantage of the virtual visits that they've been able to host and conduct. They've been doing them at a at a pretty impressive rate, you're hearing three to four prospects doing virtual visits with Florida on one day. So you have to really applaud Mullen and company for how they've taken advantage of this very difficult time and have been able to actually make it something that's an advantage for them. And I'd like to add that even in the future, could we see these virtual visits going on even when there's in-person visits allowed? I have to say that it's a strong possibility. You may have a guy out in Oregon, a player out in Pennsylvania, who may not be able to make the trip down. They take a virtual visit, they like what they see, and that may lead to an official. So uh, I think that this could be the start of something special for the Gators. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders parts on his computers, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle 
and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're speaking with Joseph Hastings from GatorsTerritory.com. Final couple of questions for you, Joseph. You mentioned at this time they have 20 members in their 2021 class. You put out a story on Gators Territory of the top five remaining targets. As you look at this class as it stands now, Joseph, they have a commitment at every single position except running back. What are your thoughts on where they're at positionally, the needs that they've addressed, and what they still have left? Okay, so this is very interesting because prospect committed at every position in this class except for running backs. But I think you have to kind of factor in maybe two or three decommitments, potentially four down the line. Just looking at the normal flow recruiting cycle, letting it play out, that seems to be a, a possible scenario. And also just based on how Florida is recruiting, it appears that they want another offensive tackle. Players like Diego Pounds, Yusuf Margable, William Griffin Parker, those are some of the top tackles on their board. Then you also look at the interior of the offensive line, Miami commit, Lawrence Seymour. Then you also have Jake Slaughter, who's committed to Florida State. That's just on the offensive line. You also know that they're targeting a wide receiver uh, such as Marcus Burke. Uh, They could be in the market for another one as well. And then switching over to defense, Savion Collins, who is committed to Miami, but he isn't really hearing too much from them. He's, he's a defensive tackle that Florida's really high on. They're also high on Desmond Watson, Bryce Langston along the defensive line. They're, they're pushing for Tanmite Adelaide. There's just so many prospects that Florida's going after. And then just looking at the secondary, you, we mentioned how they got three players from the secondary to commit. But then you also have Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, and Donovan McMillan. I could see Florida taking another cornerback, another safety, couple of more offensive linemen and then a couple of defensive linemen maybe may adding a linebacker as well and Xavier Torrey or John Demos Johnson from Maryland so there's a lot of ways that this can play out the way Florida's recruiting it appears like they're expecting a few decommitments to come so I definitely see this playing out very interestingly for Florida down the home stretch of the recruiting cycle. Dating back to the early part of the cycle we talked expectation from the fan base is that the Gators would try to sign a top-five class in this year's cycle. Right now they sit at number three. We've seen the ebbs and flows and how the pandemic has affected recruiting. As we sit here now, still with a potential football season ahead, hopefully some official visits in person, how do you feel like Florida is positioned to try sign a top-five class in 2021? I'm going to be very upfront here. I do not expect Florida to be signing a top-five class. I know that they're number three in the rankings right now, but – those can be a little bit deceiving just because of the fact that they have more commitments than, than a lot of other programs in the nation right now. In fact, they're third right now in terms of total commitments behind Tennessee and Rutgers. So those numbers are definitely going to go down a little. What I really look at in terms of predicting um, whether a school can get a top five class is their average star rating. Right now for Florida, that's 3.55, um, which puts them at 10th in our rivals ranking. So that's kind of where I'm expecting them. I'm expecting them at that 8, 9, 10 spot just based on how they've been recruiting so far. But if you bring in a guy like Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, Leonard Taylor, somehow, some way you, you're able to flip Kamise Adelaide, 
then you can start looking at that six, five range, and potentially they are able to sign the top five class. But as of right now, uh, the way I'm predicting things is that it'll be more along those seven, eight, nine kind of range. But I don't expect for them to sign a top five class based on how they've been recruiting so far. Joseph, we really uh, appreciate you joining us once again to give us some perspective on recruiting. The one thing that the Gators do have going good for themselves right now. So definitely appreciate getting your take on all this. Absolutely, Zach. Thank you for having me back on, man. Appreciate Joseph for his time and perspective. Always good to get his take on Florida football recruiting. That'll do it for today's show. Make sure you head over to the latest Locked On SEC podcast to check out all the news happening around the conference. And make sure you tune in to a new Locked On Gators episode next week.